Yo, what the hell is going down, people? Welcome to the 60th episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. And people, it's a motherfucking heat way down here. The weather is ridiculous. I, I just don't know what's going on. It's just so uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I was not built for the heat. I can tell you that. Man, as I, I, w- I was on the bus, I was on the bus the other day, and it, and it's sweltering. It was so hot, and, and you know it's ba- it was bad enough. Then these people got fans out. Well, not fans. They made makeshift fans and started to fan themselves. All of a sudden, instead of getting hit by some cool air, oh the. F- Funk that these motherfuckers kicked up. I just wanted to say, stop fanning yourselves. You stink. I cannot cope with this. I ended up getting off the bus early and just walking home because I was just like, heat or smell and heat. And I just, I thought, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to deal with just heat on its own. You know what I mean? But man, like, yeah, it, we're definitely in strange times. Boris motherfucking Johnson has now been elected leader of the Tory party in the UK. So, by default, he becomes the new prime minister, which I think is kind of funky because, yo, your ass didn't get voted in. You know what I mean? I, I kind of feel that you can't just inherit something. This isn't the days of the old kings and queens where you could kill someone and just take the title. Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, fine. You know what I mean? There's a new leader. So now it should just go straight to a general election. Straight to a general election. Because, you know what I mean? There's... We know the public didn't vote on him. You know, I mean, that was just the Tory party chose a new leader. And the the options were not great on that front. I'll tell you that. Um, So, yeah, they got to vote on the new leader, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's a leader of their party. But now the general public should be able to go a this is who we want to run the fucking country because it really ain't boris motherfucking johnson it really ain't him i tell you it's just like it baffles me how someone can just lie just tell the craziest lies not face any consequences of that and then land like the the one of the top jobs in the country is is it's it's crazy is it is fully insane but hey that's the way it is man i say this is fucking strange times fuck stranger things this is where it's at you know what i mean but 
things ain't all bad, you know what I mean? Like, the dates are continuing, it's all good, and, um, yeah, I will tell you people, if you want to have a good time with your partner, you can't be an impromptu living room disco, you know what I mean? I just, like, I always have my iPod with me, right? So, I've got music, I've got, I brought my Bluetooth speaker, and, yo, it, it, we, we were just going through, like, just tracks from back in the day, you know what I mean? Just thinking of, like, all the stuff we used to listen to when we were teenagers, and just dancing around the spot. It was so much fun, man. It was so much fun. Well, it was just killing it, killing it. And um, I think what what we proved from from that was a I'm the better dancer. You know what I mean? Hey, I know she ain't here to fight her corner, but trust me, I was killing it. So I'm the better dancer, and I got a better music taste. So that's what we discovered from that little little fun time. (laughs) But yeah, everything is extremely cool on that front. So um, yeah, you know, although the weather is hot as hell. A, it's not the only hot thing happening right now. You hear me? (laughs) <laughs> all right people let's get on with this episode and um yeah see what the fuck has been happening right well i have to say something that oh man is going to be a huge thing coming for the uh london underground is that by um the beginning of next year we will finally have 4G service on um the jubilee line so yeah it's not going to be the full line yet they're doing a trial starting with the jubilee line so um yeah they're going to offer 4G wi-fi so you'll finally be able to use your phone. Now, don't get me wrong, right? It's nice not having to listen to people's bullshit for a little while. But the one like the thing that really jumped out to me when I went to um Brooklyn in June was the fact that I could look for a location on maps. You know, so can so I started overground. So I'd walk to the station. I went into the station, and then the app would tell me what stop to get off the train, to where to transfer, and all of that, which was extremely helpful because some of the announcements on the train they're not that clear. So having the app tell you, all right, this is where you get off. That's good. That's a good look. Can't do that in London. You know what I mean? So when you're going like to an interview or just somewhere you've not been before. Yo, having access to your, um, you know, City Mapper, Google Maps, Apple Maps, whatever you use. 
hey, that's a real big help. So finally, be able to do it in friggin' London. You know what I mean? Um, so it's gonna the the trial's gonna start. I believe it's March next year, and then if the trial goes to plan. I don't even know why they're calling it like we're trialing the service because end of the day, this is what people wanted for years. But they're saying, you know, after this supposed trial, they will then roll it out to the rest of the tube by mid 2020. Now, do I believe mid 2020? No, because this shit always gets delayed. But, you know, by 2030, <laughs> we may be living in a digital underground world. Who the fuck knows? But it's just, you know, it's something that w- will get this far. You know what I mean? Hey, the next thing is if they can get aircon on the underground, you know? Because I would go for aircon over using my phone because it is horrendous down there in the summer, especially. It can get funky in the winter, but trust me, man, in the summer it is not fun. But, um, yeah, there's no word on that happening. But, yes, we will soon have Wi Fi, so yeah. It's a good look. It's a good look, people. So, I was, I, there's an article on the Evening Standard website. And it's about Extinction Rebellion. And basically, they they spoke with one of the co-founders. It's a weird kind of fluff piece. It's a weird fluff piece. But it, it's... This woman, like, kind of gloating how she managed to shut down London. And the thing was, like, so I had a look through this now. And at no point did they ask, like, why the fuck are you shutting down, like, London and fucking the general public. So this is the thing that always baffles me with this shit, right? Because she wants the government to affect new policy, right? So she wants the government to do this. But at no point are they doing anything that really impacts the government it's just impacting the general public which is insane it's insane like and they did a survey and the general public think extinction rebellion can go fuck themselves you mean so you've alienated people that you kind of want on your side right but in this bullshit article, they don't ask her that. Would you just think, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how is this journalism when you're not asking the simple question, you know? 
because like they're saying like the next thing they're thinking about is basically going after airports you know she tried to skirt around pretty up the language that's basically what they said you know which again gonna fuck with the general public and it but there's there's no there seems no fault behind it you know what i mean it's like they don't care that yeah you're you're screwing with um just general people's like just lives man which is just it's fucked up it's it, it, it's it's fucked up and it's rude because it's like you you want the government to do something go hit where they live hey you hit where they live and you will soon see a lot of action you know what i mean because like they don't give a fuck that you're shutting down oxford street or anything like that because they're not on oxford street they don't go to oxford street so this is this is the insane thing so why are they going to care but if you go and affect where they live if you go affect their country clubs and stuff like that then you will have them take notice but they know that if they go to those places then um you know real shit's going to happen and they're going to get yeah, basically spanked they don't want that that's not good so they want the just the facade that they're they're being these activists when they ain't doing shit really, like let's be real they ain't doing shit because they're not targeting where they need to target and these lazy articles they do nothing they do nothing to you know call people on their bullshit that's what you're meant to be doing as a journalist looking at the full situation and going yo what's your views on this why are you doing this why did you decide to that approach but you never see it never see it it's ridiculous really is drives me insane Ugh. but yeah man I don't fucking know. I all I know is, yo, this shit is ridiculous. Like they're not, you. Know, they want change by twenty twenty five. Right, they do. They're not really doing anything to uh, to impact that. So it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen from them. You know. Not definitely not gonna happen from them. If they really want to do anything, go talk to who. You know what I mean? That's what they need to be doing. Talking to people like that. But they're not. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Fuck, man. It's just people trying to stunt. That's all it is. Thinking they're all cool and shit. But fuck, man. Like. Ugh. I don't know. Everyone wants to think that they're 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 important and they can change the world. 
Yo, you can't. And you're not important. You're just a bunch of fools. Man, it's too hot for this shit. Okay, so the shortlist has come out for the um, Reba Sterling uh, Architecture Prize for this year. So, six UK buildings have been shortlisted. Now, one of those buildings is the new London Bridge Station, which cost £1 to put together we, you know what I mean which is like god damn it man that's crazy right and listen the the building it doesn't look bad right so it it, it, it doesn't look bad but there are huge issues with that freaking with the whole situation there, which I mean, just kind of I find shocking, because I think like it has to be more than just oh that looks nice, right? Because there's many things that look nice but aren't functional and just not great. And London Bridge Station, it's better than it was but it's still a mess it's still a mess so the 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 navigational lines of the station still don't really work you've still got people coming from like many different directions converging into one big craziness which just causes people to be in each other's way, get angry, get crazy. So you have that big, you have that issue just in the main section. Then you have people navigating from the tube to the train station. And they're getting kind of caught in the tunnel in between. Like, there's no, you know one side for like for each direction it's just all a mess then you've got all the shops on either side so people coming in and out and it just doesn't really work plus the accessibility of the station is garbage you know there all the boards are high up so there's no way there's no way of, you know, if you have site issues, anything like that, of trying to see the information. And sometimes there aren't any guards around. So there's no one to fucking ask. It's crazy. You'd have thought that when building something and spending a billion on it, right? Spending all that cash. You'd make it like just fully accessible. You know what I mean? Some shit at ground level. So you go to North Greenwich Station, and they've got like big, they've got screens at a very low level, so you can just walk up to them and see when all the buses are turning up. That's all they needed to do. Something like that. 
something like that. But no, nothing, nothing. So it just baffles me how this motherfucking station can be up for an award. It's just weird. It's just fucking weird, you know? It, because, yeah, if you just want pretty things that aren't functional, what the fuck's the point? What's the point? You know what I mean? Like, these, these things to win this award should be revolutionary. They should be the pinnacle of what great architecture should be. They should be the gold standard. I would not call London Bridge Station the gold standard. It's like the brown standard because it's kind of shitty. You know what I mean? Okay, people. So, hey, another week, another UFC event. You know what I mean? So this week it was UFC on ESPN4, Rafael Dasanyas against Leon Edwards. Uh, it was coming from the AT&T Center, San Antonio, Texas. And um, hey, this was a really good card, people. There was some really good fights. Um, only three knockouts, you know what I mean? Everything else went the distance. No submissions, but yeah, some really good fights, you know. Um, let's just talk about a quick little rundown the main card. So, Oloski Ben Rothwell, hey, that was uh, a great fight, really good fight. Um, hey, this was a new look, Oloski, you know what I mean? Um, then James Vic Dan Hooker, yo, that what like you always knew this was gonna be a war, and it really was, really was a war. Was a great performance from Hooker. Greg Hardy, Don John Adams, yo, it's heavyweights, baby. You know what I mean? Always gonna be fireworks. You know. Then um. Oh. <laughs> oh man, Aleski Olenek against Walt Big Ticket Harris, another heavyweight contest, oh my god, brutal, brutal knockout, and then we had a great fight between um, Dos Anjos and Edwards to end the night, a really good performance from Edwards, but the crazy thing was, Dos Anjos wasn't bad, the thing, it wasn't a shit performance from Tassanios. It was a great performance. Um, and people, if you want to hear a proper breakdown, this is a quick little overview, quick little tease. If you want to hear the proper breakdown, check out this week's Chin Check, your little bonus episode with all your um, mixed martial arts action so check it out and enjoy okay people so this week i finally got round to watching season one of atlanta 
So, Atlanta is... Man, well, I'm late. <laughs> Let's just say I'm late to this one. But, yeah. So, it's um written, directed, and executive produced by Donald Glover. Um, and... You know, he's starring in it as well Uh, You know, um, it's also um, Yeah, it's also got a whole heap of other cats up in it Who um, are killing it Like Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield and Zazie Beats You know, all um, really... uh, yeah, putting up good performances, and so the, the 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 plot of this is this, right? So we follow Ern, Ernest, who's played by Glover, during his daily life in Atlanta, Georgia, as he tries to redeem himself in the eyes of his ex-girlfriend, who is the mother of his daughter, as well as his parents and his cousin Alfred. Who's played by uh, Tyree Henry um, And his cousin raps under the name Paperboy Having dropped out of Princeton University Ern has no money and no home And, you know, he's now kind of Going between his parents And Van, his girlfriends But he then finds out that he's Cousin is um yeah he he's getting heat so he kind of feels that hey he he could help his cousin blow up in the rap game you know so um yeah so he he makes this big effort to um reach out to his cousin um get things back on a good level with him because this could be the key to improving his life his daughter's life and um yeah get back into van van's life so uh that's you know that's the kind of gist of it all so season 1 has 10 episodes Right? 10 episodes It came out in 2016 Okay? And um Yeah It's 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 really interesting You know, because Like you You have this show that's really It's looking at a whole lot of stuff Right? Because we're following, like, Ern and his cousin try and do their thing. But while we're doing this, it's, it's, the show is kind of show, shining a light on other issues. Like, in the first episode, Ern, he, um, he bumps into an old school friend who's now... Like working at the local radio station So he's a good in At this station And Like And this guy who's white 
He talks to Earn in a certain way in which he will not talk to any other black people. Like, he'll drop the N-word in front of Earn. Like, he he will kind of talk down to him. Like, it's just a lot different. But when he talks to anyone else, oh, it's a whole different thing. And, like, this is an interesting point. Because this shit happens, right? Because it's like he's looking at Earn as... As different from other black people You know He doesn't see Earn As Like he, he I think the, the whole thing is Earn to him Is more white than black That's the situation So yeah This is an issue that we get Like it's throwing up like stereotypes and preconceptions but doing it in a way that like make like both makes you think it's not doing it like this is an after school special and it's funny like you know it's like I, well, I <laughs> so i watched the first episode and um then a friend came over and we watched the next four and we laughed so hard laughed so hard because some of the things that happened are straight up ridiculous straight up ridiculous which is man and then it takes a situation like you're laughing and then suddenly you're like <gasps> Yo, what? That just... Like... Earns in jail. So he's in jail waiting to be processed. And there's a guy that's it, who's there every week. And, like, this guy... He has... He has some sort of issue. Right? And But no one really is taking it serious. They just look at him as this... Foolish person that's there every week. And so the guy's walking around doing this weird dance and all the officers are laughing at him. He's then drinking out of the toilet and everyone's laughing and mocking him. And one of the guards, like, goes to poke fun at him and this guy spits the toilet water at the guard. Like, it hits his shirt. Not his face, but his shirt. Guard... Pulls his nightstick and cracks homie in the head. So you're like, oh, this is weird. This is funny. And then suddenly you're like, oh, my God, that's brutal. And that's the that's the line this show walks, you know. You're, you're, you're laughing at some things because the way that they're depicting it and showing it in this way that makes it palatable to people. And then it's like, ah, uh-uh, it's not all that. And then it shows you, like, a brutal side of things. Or it's just like, oh, man. Which is, whoa. Just, yeah, that was like, oh. Can't believe that shit is going down. Like, there's another episode where they've got Justin Bieber in it. But Justin Bieber's played by a black guy. And it's hilarious. It's funny. But there's this like 
whole thing at the end and one of the reporters goes to Paperboy, look, just stop. Just understand your role in all of this. You know I mean? No one wants to see Justin Bieber as angry. That's not what they want Bieber for. But you're a rapper. So it's fine for you to be that because that's what they're expecting. And it's just like, ah, and that, but that's true. That's a reality. You know what I mean? It's not a right reality, but that's the reality that, you know what I mean? You're kind of faced with. So it's interesting. I like this kind of weird dynamic that they play in with and the things that they're showing you. Like, uh, like a couple of crazy things. So there's one episode when, um, their friend, um, uh, Darius. So he goes to a shooting range. And, you know, when you, you, you post your um, image that you want to shoot on the thing, and when like, he posts it and then he sends it back, it's a dog. And he's shooting at this template of a dog. And everyone's looking, looking at him like he is a monster. And they're like, yo, you can't shoot a dog. What are you doing? He's like, um, but you're shooting at humans. Isn't that more fucked up that you're shooting at, you know, like depictions of Mexicans or women or, you know, whatever, whatever. But the people couldn't see the irony in their argument, which is, and it's an interesting thing, right? So, yeah, that was, and there's this episode where, um, Ern's broke and he wants to take Vanessa out somewhere and he, one of his friends tells him about this restaurant that's got like um, a cheap menu and he's like oh okay I'll go there but what, and when he's talking to his friend who's telling him about this uh, like his friend's like um, oh so I noticed one spot which I take my, um, my side pieces to you know what I mean? Just those those chicks that you don't really give a fuck about. I take two and blah, blah, blah. And at this, all this time, the camera's, like, on him. And then it pans out. And his girlfriend is driving him. And he's just like, I can't believe you're trying to... Don't tell me you listened into my conversation. And he's just like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. But, like... Another thing with this is a lot of the time it feels like you are dropped in into a conversation, you know? So it's like you haven't got the full picture on what's going on. Because we don't, like, to to try and get that understanding of, like, Earn and Van's relationship for one. So we have no like at the beginning you you really have no clue what that is and it's not until like something gets said that you're like oh oh okay but then you're trying to work out okay but what are they to each other like what is going on with this 
you know? And, and it's this weird dynamic. But it's as the episodes go on that you kind of get an insight into it. But you're still not quite sure, especially with the last episode. You're like, okay, so what the fuck is going on? But then, like, all these things happen and you're, um, wait, when, when did we find out that? And you're like, no, we haven't. This is the first that's been mentioned. So there's a lot of this, which is interesting. Because there are times with things that I feel you don't need to know everything, right? So it's an interesting look at something where, yeah, we're not given everything out the gate. And it's kind of up to you to pay attention because there will be breadcrumbs dropped as things go on, but they're not going to spoon feed this to you. So yeah, it's um, it's a, it's an interesting show. I enjoyed it. I laughed, man. I laughed hard at a, at a lot of this. There was only one episode that I wasn't really digging. Um, I think it was Ban Um, yeah, episode 7, Ban Um, yeah, I I mean, it's very satirical In its nature, like, I could see what they're doing with it But I just was a bit like, eh, I'm not fully engaged with it But I think that's the only one Which isn't bad out of 10 episodes, you know, not bad at all uh so yeah if if you if you're like me and you're late definitely check this out because you will enjoy it it is it, it is funny it is very funny um and pay attention to Marcus Miller's car <laughs> that's what i will say people that's what i will say but yeah it is it, is it's a good one it really is um but yeah now i'm gonna hunt out season two so i will hit you with that um yeah in, in the coming weeks but it's atlanta uh it's from uh donald glover hero murray um stephen glover as well and it's starring Zazie Beetz, Lakeith Stanfield, Brian Tyree Henry, as well as Glover. So, uh, yo, check it out. It's 10 episodes, and they're not even long. They're, like, between 25 and 20, like, 7 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. That you can have in a short period of time. Alright? Cool. Let's get to the next. Okay people. So yo. It was about time. I got to book three. Of the Beatrix Rose. Trilogy. That now seems to be a quad. Because a fourth book is coming out. But uh, yeah. So I feel. You know what? I need to finish this shit off. 
So I picked up Blood and Roses, which is book three, uh, written, you know, as as normal as the other two, by Mark Dawson, and read by Mark Deakins. So this is um, this is the gist of this book. Beatrice Rose has worked her way through her kill list. Four are dead and just two remain. But now her enemies know she has them in her sights. The hunter becomes the hunted. In a thrilling conclusion to the Breakneck Trilogy, Beatrix and her daughter must fight them in North Africa, New York, and finally in the swamps of North Carolina. It's a lightning-paced roller coaster of action that pits a deadly assassin against the might of the most powerful private army on the planet. It's long odds for Beatrix, and that's just how she likes it. So, yeah. I mean, when you hear that, you think, how the fuck is she going to do it, right? Which is pretty much, um, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much what you're thinking when you're reading the book, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's these aren't long books, which is a good thing. Um, so it keeps the story pretty tight. Like, I think the first book was probably the tightest. There's some baggier moments in book two and three for sure but yeah there's still there's still not too much just meandering bullshit which is always good with this story um like it's good to get the conclusion to kind of find out what happened but i i do think that it opened like there's there's just so much stuff in here that I think it's a little bit frustrating just because I think there's a lot of stuff with the daughter you know there's a lot of stuff with the daughter that is an issue because you know she's been training the daughter to be able to kill and do all of this stuff which then clearly makes the daughter the look you know the um the loose wink the loose rink the loose Wink, the loose. Oh, what's the thing? Um, you know the uh the loose link, the loose link. Yes, that's it. The daughter's a loose link, obviously. And um, yeah. So you're just waiting for that shit to happen, and it kind of goes down more than once, which is just a bit like, uh, really really which was just a bit silly and then you have well well we i I probably won't mention that but yeah it's so you just have this stuff with the daughter so it's just this obvious it's obviously there so the story can be you know suddenly you know when you think it's all like this this happens uh, which is just a bit like nah it's kind of lazy man you know what i mean not being bad and all but yeah it's kind of uh, you know um 
then there's these other incidents that happen that just you question it you really question it especially when the same person is there so it's a bit like well how is that going to work when that is just and it seems no thought went into it so it's just like how is this working this makes no sense this is just ridiculous and I think the ending of the book, well, not so much the ending, but the last, um, the the last third. You don't believe. I don't believe you believe it. I I I just kind of feel it's just like, ah, come on. I don't buy it. Just don't buy it, because there's so many loopholes in there. So. Yeah, you're just kind of left thinking, eh, I don't buy any of that. Which is a shame, I feel. Because I think it had a bit more potential to pack more of a punch and to have more of a bite. Because then, and as, and as, like now, I mean, this is definitely the ending I'm talking about. The way then the book is left, you're just like, that's just not going to happen. Because with the way that things went down, and it's not like this is like, oh, years later, this is straight away. So you can't expect us to have believed that that person went from that to that in like a blink of an eye because that's just not gonna happen so you're just like wait what so what have you set up now and because we know there is an Isabel Rose series yeah I'm just like I don't like you know a lot needs to happen in that first book for me to believe that the daughter can do anything, but yeah, it's it's just I think there's just too much that you really have to suspend your belief in to kind of go with. Yeah, this is gonna happen. Okay, yeah, so that happened. Right, all right, I buy that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, 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 fine. Hmm, which yeah. It's, you know, it's not the best ending to a supposed trilogy. You know what I mean? It, it it just leaves you a bit, a bit empty, a bit ambivalent to everything that's just happened. You know, but hey, we get well. Even the the guest appearance isn't really. It's just a bit like. What was the point? Yeah, it just really seems like I don't understand what was the point. Because they don't do anything. So they don't need to be there. So just cut all of that section out. Yeah, I don't know. (sighs) Like, my friend loved these these three books. So, um, yeah, I think... If you are happy at suspending your belief, 
you'll be fine. You can probably roll with it. But um, yeah, I couldn't. But you know, it it does tie things up in a way. So look, if you've read the first two books, you definitely want to pick this one up. If you're just a fan of Mark Dawson in general, yeah, pick it up, check it out. You know, do your thing. That's what I say. You know, and then just take it from there, people. Just take it from there. Okay, people. So, reaching the end of another episode. Feeling frazzled as fuck. But here's a little bit of TV news before we bounce. So, um... Amazon had the Lord of the Lord of the Rings franchise, and they are making a prequel series set in the Second Age. So it's three millennia before the events of the original films, the Lord of the Rings films. You know, and the um, so it's kind of around the age of the first battle that we see at the beginning of the film so it, it, you know what I mean so it so it's that because that was well I mean that battle marked the end of the second age so this series is kind of around that period right um so they have announced the first person to join the cast, which is Michaela Kavanagh, who's um, an Australian actress. I think people probably know her from Picnic at Hanning Rock. Um, but yeah, so she's the first cast member. She's playing a character called um, Tyra, but that's all we know. Um, yeah, you know, Juan Antonio Bayana is um, directing the first two episodes. He's also going to executive produce the series with Belen Atenzia um, and J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay are writing the series. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel after this... We're probably going to have a wave of announcements in the coming months. Um, in some fun news, like the new series of um, Rick and Morty will be coming in November, which does feel like a long way away. But it's been revealed that Paul Giamatti, Sam Neill, Taiki Watiti and Kathleen Turner are all set to be voice actors on the 10-episode season. So, um, yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, when asked about what people can expect, uh, producer Justin Rolliland said, without giving anything away, we have serialized stuff we we check in on now and then that sprinkled over the top of strong episodic episodes. 
to fans of the show, they're going to want to watch them in order. So, yeah. And um, finally, uh, so we've just had the big San Diego Comic Con, you know, that that takes over the end of July. Uh, so Marvel was there to reveal their big plans for Phase 4. Oh, and they are big plans, you know. But there was TV news as well. So we know that they've got the TV series coming to Disney Plus this um, the end of this year. So at the panel, they confirmed that all four series, which are... Uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Wonder, Vision, Loki, and Hawkeye. So all of these will take place after Avengers Endgame. So we're not seeing any prequels, any younger versions of characters, anything like. We're gonna get the iteration of the characters that we last saw. So the Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming in the fall 2020. Uh, so we're going to have Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie reprising their characters. Um, Daniel Brühl will be um, back as Captain Zemo. And this time he's going to be wearing his purple balaclava that he's known for in the comics. Wonder Vision will be coming spring 2021. Um, it's going to be having Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as their characters. Um, and uh, Elizabeth said we'll finally understand Ma Wonder Maximoff as Scarlet Witch. So, uh, yeah, there's that. It's also been revealed that Tiona Paris will be playing an adult version of Monica Rambeau, who we saw originally as a kid in Captain Marvel, played by Akira Akbar. Um, Loki is also coming in the spring 21. And it's going to follow the version of Loki we saw escaping with the Tesseract in Endgame. And um, Hawkeye is going to be coming in full 2021. And we're going to have Jer Jeremy Rayner as, um, you know, coming back as Clint Barton. And in this series, he's going to be passing the mantle to Kate Bishop. Um, Kate hasn't been cast yet, but it sounds like they could be utilising kind of the essence of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, which was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Definitely a lot to look forward to on that front. Alright people, so I hope that this weather cools down. Because, god damn it, if it doesn't, there might not be an episode next week. Because I could be a melted mess on the floor. 
Who knows, man? Who knows? But if I am here next week, there will be a few fun things to cover because, yeah, gonna be hitting the BFI and the tape. So, uh, yeah, I will report back on that. All right, people, take it easy. Peace.